Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Atomic Shot. I am your cordialist co-host, Tyler, and joining me as always is the Godzilla guy himself, Ben. How's it going, my dude? I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. I'm sorry. I know, it's weird from the other side, right? I was like, what do I do? Oh, God, just roar, just roar, just just do that. (laughs) I panicked, I'm sorry. That's like a Jessica Negri roar right there. She's just going, ah! Yes. (laughs) But yeah, uh, I wanted to lead off this episode today because I'm real excited about this one. In fact, I don't want to waste any time getting into it. This is Godzilla vs. Megalon, and Ben, why don't you take the helm from here because I cannot hold an episode on my own. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, as as Tyler said, this is Godzilla versus Megalon, uh, one of the more infamous Godzilla titles of the sh- of the show series. Uh, this uh, so let's run down the uh, the byline. Uh, this is directed by Jun Fukuda, who I believe he directed Godzilla versus Gigan. Yeah, he also did. He, did, he also did uh, Ebra as well. He did Ebra, so f- for the third time. Uh, Produced by Tomiyuki Tanaka, of course. Screenplay by Jun Fukuda. Story by Shinichi Sekizawa. Starring Katsuhiko Sasaki, Hiroyuki Kawase, Yutaka Hayashi, Robert Dunham, Kotaro Tomita, Wolf, oh, Wolf Otsuki, and Jintaro Nakajima. With music by Richiro Manabe. Uh, this was released on March 17, 1973. With a runtime of 81 minutes, with a budget of 1.2 million and a box office of 20 million yen. All right, so this is uh, this is a movie. Oh yes, it is. So um, let's get right into it. Uh, this is Godzilla versus Megalon. This is not this. If you want to talk about the poll, I'll, I'll say this, Tyler, as someone who's never seen this movie. If you want to talk about the poster child movie for like Godzilla is for the kids, this is it right here. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, believe it or not, uh, I was actually first introduced to uh, Godzilla, uh, the Japanese movies anyway, from this movie, uh, from the oddest of places, and but probably not as uncommon as you would think. Uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand did an episode on Godzilla versus Megalon, and that's how I saw this movie as a kid. Oh, where they're just ripping it apart? Yeah, pretty much. And uh, their color commentary was so hilarious, and all the stuff that was happening on screen was fascinating. So, yeah, I have a natural draw to this movie. That's fine. Uh, the, my first Godzilla movie is the next one we're covering next week, so we'll, we'll get into it. For the next two weeks, it's nostalgia trip. Sorry, folks. Um, this, is, but so, this is my time, though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. So... Let's get right into it. Uh, this is definitely an. Int- I-, I would say it's an interesting movie. Um, let's start off with the story uh, this time, shall we? Oh, yes. As it's as <sighs> after the most recent movies where we got dealing with pollution and last movie we were dealing with cockroaches trying to take over the earth. Now we have a threat that's not alien, but. This and I will. I'll reveal who they are in a minute. This secular group of people uh, want to are mad at us, the people, the Earth, and they want to take over the world by unleashing a giant. Megalon is a giant cockroach monster, isn't he? Uh, he's more like a giant stag beetle. Stag beetle. Okay, I remember reading a, reading an article somewhere like they equated it to a cockroach, but 
Static Beetle is probably more appropriate. Um, and they use Megalon along with a captured Jet Jaguar, who's uh, who's another who's a other protagonist uh, in this movie, which we'll get more into in a minute, to basically destroy the Earth uh, for this specific place. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much the gist of it. You know, very simple. Nothing too complicated. It feels like something you'd watch on a Saturday morning, you know? Um, kind of thing like that. Uh, but, <laughs> I, I think we should get into, like, who, uh, like, the, 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 I, the story isn't the greatest, but I think what Jun Fukuda does here with the actors, I think that's what is the most memorizing stuff outside of the Godzilla stuff, in all honesty. Oh, yeah. Uh, more more so from uh, the villain cast, uh, which you'll probably get into in just a sec. But the heroes yeah, do have uh, so, standout moments as well. Yeah. Um, so this is... Uh, uh, we have... Uh, wow, this uh, actually lists who the characters are. So we actually have... Th- we're, for some reason, we're following... Uh, three characters at the beginning. We have um, Goro Ibuki, uh, who's the in, who's an inventor, um, and we have uh, Roku-chan. Or um, uh, if you if you watch the English version, you can you think the dub is saying Roxan, uh, Rock um, If you watch the English version, which I did, and then uh, you have Hiroshi uh, Jinkawa, who is basically Goro's friend. Um, and they're sort of basically there at a at a lake, just enjoying. Like they don't explain their relationship. That it's just these two dudes with a, with a little boy who like, writes they the never dumbest ex- floaty in existence. Dumbest floaty. That thing looked cool, <laughs> right? I want to. I want to. I want to write that. It was. It was so dumb. It was. It looked so cool. It was dumb. Um, and all of a sudden, uh, an earthquake happens. And because of nuclear testing and shit. In fact, it's so severe yeah. that it splits Monster Island apart, and poor Anguirus in the first minute falls in and is presumably dead. Yeah, yeah, because that's the last time. Actually, no, he comes back in the next week, which actually explains where he comes out in, the, in Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Oh my god, it's so genius. <laughs> um, why? Yeah, I'll get in that next week, but that's genius. Because I, I, I kind of, when I watched this, I was kind of jury eyed. Uh, but I was like, yeah, the opening is got Monster Island gets torn in half, and you get an actual, and they don't use uh, Destroy All Monsters footage, or they use new footage, uh, which is interesting enough, of, of uh, Rodan and, uh, and like you said, Angiris, and of course Godzilla. Um, you'd think, like, hey, we have a, we've had this giant radioactive lizard attack us for the last, what, it's the 70s, 50s, 25 plus years. Maybe we shouldn't do, nah, nuclear tests all the way, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, you think it would be an awful idea with Godzilla running around and all these other kaiju, no less. Exactly. So, and it's and unfortunately, where the three characters are at, uh, it splits this lake in half, and it's actually a pretty terrifying scene because the kid is in the water by himself. Uh, I mean, the actors are playing as best they can because obviously they're they're just giving it away with camera tricks, with shaking the camera and having boulders give the implication it's shaking. But it's still like a hero, like like that kid could get that kid could have been sucked down into the current, into the into the into the uh, into the crevice. Oh, that's terrifying. Too bad that floaty didn't uh, have the propulsion to propel him forward far enough. No, no, not at all. Um, so, and from there, our story kind of begins um, as they come home after a long day, and 
Funny enough, I knew they who the like we were gonna get into this where uh, they start having a conversation about like lost civilizations about Lemuria and this other place I can't remember, but Lemuria is the one I remember. I think the most. it was called Mu. Mu. Okay, thank you. And um, and I'm like, yep, that, that's how. Because I, I kind of have like seen reviews on this like a while back, so it's kind of in my memory. Plus, there's certain imagery in this movie that you cannot escape, even if you've never seen it. Um, and they're they're attacked. At their laboratory, so like they're not like he's a scientist, but he's never called a scientist. He's just called an inventor. So he just builds shit, you know. He's like Tony Stark uh, in a way. He doesn't doesn't work in a lab. He just like putting stuff together. And they're seemingly robbed, but they're not robbed. And then we got like it's it's really interesting. Um, but then that's when shit gets interesting because then we learn uh, who the villains are. But before we get into the villains, I want to talk about how. This cast is both boring and also great and hilarious at the same time. Oh yeah, I cannot agree more. Like the the cast for the main heroes is definitely uh memorable to put it lightly. Yeah, uh, even the villains um uh in all honesty uh, especially one that I literally had to stop the movie for like 20 minutes cuz I couldn't stop laughing. Um so like I won't lie. They're not as bad. Like, and it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate because in the last one we got such a good camaraderie with the main heroes. Like, they weren't the deepest ever, but there was a camaraderie between all of them. You know, there was a there was a fun relationship, and of course, the artist was a bit of an idiot, so there was a lovable idiotness to him. Here, Goro and um, and Jikawa and in in and, and, and uh, uh, Roku is kind of just a kid. He's just annoying. So he's like, "Why are you? Why are you here? There's no reason why this little boy should be alone with." He's only guys. there to get the other guys in trouble, don't you know? Because that's yeah, what kids do. Much. Yeah, um, and like there, there's nothing special about them. Like they don't like, but what Jun Kafuda manages to do, and he does this in Mechagodzilla too, which we'll go more in depth there. He gives them interesting things to do on scene. Uh, like there's, again in the first one we've seen, they there's a there's a break in at the laboratory and they have this little mini fight scene. Um, there's a epic, there's a we get a car chase scene in this movie, which is we have two of them. We have two car chase scenes in this movie. Um, there's a point later in towards the end of the movie where uh, Roku and um, I think he's I think he's Jinkawa. Yeah, it's Jinkawa. Jinkawa for I. Jikawa, at the end of the movie, they steal a, like a toy plane, like a model plane, and they're like, well, okay, we, we'll just take it, we have no, we'll just borrow it, we have no choice, because they're trying, I guess they're trying to buy it, and they use it, and, because uh, their, their house is currently under the, under the guys, under control by the enemy agent, this enemy agent, Japanese and so, Quinn. exactly, and so, what what we were thinking? Well, what are they going to use that pl- that toy plane for? He and so th- through circumstance he comes out, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you see this toy plane coming at this agent, and boom! Right on this, and you see blood squirting. Like, oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! And you see the sloppiest fight ever I've seen, but it was so hilarious I couldn't stop laughing. It's so good. Like there's just something about this film that just. Some there's at least one thing that'll make you laugh. 
Yeah, it's it's charming. Like to me, like you hear that that at that antidote, it's so good, it's so bad, it's good. I think this is a perfect example because that like any other notion, that'd be that's a terrible fight scene. Like, uh uh no shoves. I'll and, harm you. Yeah, and then and you know, Roku does like this kick and like that takes off the agent this from this little eight year old boy. Sure, okay. Just Tarzan but, swings right at him. Yeah, and like on paper that sounds terrible. But when you watch it, it's so hilarious. It's just it's, it's like and I I don't know if that was the intention or not, but it was definitely uh for me. Yeah, it's definitely a magical moment. And there's a bunch of them in this movie. Oh, oh yeah. My other favorite, and this is the one I could not stop laughing. So, um, as a result, they are captured. Uh, I think it's uh, Jinkawa and the and Roku are captured, um, and um, they're being they're being they're stopped into this big yellow crate, and they're being driven by these two truck drivers uh, with another enemy agent in there. He's basically telling them, "Hey, go dump this. I'll give you 100 million yen or something like that to go dump this in the middle of the in the middle of the lake of the uh, in the middle of that crater in the lake." Like, "Okay, it's 100 million yen. Fuck yeah, I don't care what it is. I'll do it. It's money." <laughs> and they all of a sudden Megalon, they hear Megalon, right? Um and they're like, "Oh, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want any of this." And <laughs> the, the dude pulls his ray gun out, right? And then yeah, uh, yeah pulls And him. then they fucking just kick him out they they're driving and they both cho- yeet him out on the side <laughs> of the cliff it's the funniest shit ever i had to stop i'm like did that just happen it's it's like and i don't know if junku F- fukuda meant that to be funny but it was so funny probably not because just... uh, if i if i recall correctly uh this film only had like three weeks of shooting to do so wow. it's possible that it probably wasn't the intention. Yeah, I could I could imagine, but what, intention or not, that shit was hilarious. It's just it's pretty just, fucking funny. I didn't expect that. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, like, the, like there's something hilarious about seeing somebody just in a movie at least, not in real life, but like seeing somebody get chucked off the side of a car and roll down a cliff. Like, there's countless movies you've seen that shit in, but it was and like you get this good wide shot and everything. Oh, it's so good. Um, there's so much physical humor in this, and there's so much bad, like, awful Fumi-making here going on. But it's that odd charm that makes this movie worth watching, in all honesty. Yeah, it's definitely magical. Like, I live for uh, So Bad's Good kind of films. Yeah, because at least this movie is entertaining, right? With, especially with... What uh, Fukuda has the main, the, the the both the villains and the main cast doing. We haven't even gotten to the monsters yet. Oh, good lord, we haven't even gotten there yet. That's where the true magic is. Hell yeah! But but like he, I love that because most of the time in Godzilla movies, the human cast is relegated to scientists. They don't really get to do much. Maybe they'll get, t- maybe they'll like judo chop a guard or something. But for the most part, the the, the main cast are scientists. Or they're bystanders, and they don't really get to do much and let the monsters fight. Fukuda, and you'll see this again in Mechagodzilla, he actually has his human actors do something, have their own action sequences, so they feel like they're they're not just part... They feel like they're part of the movie versus just being pieces in the movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's definitely a valid case. 
Yeah, and, and I, I appreciate that because, like, okay, we may not have the artistic level quality of the original movie, but we're going to give our actors something fun to do, you know. And I think that's that. I think that's commendable in all honesty. Yeah, uh, at the end result is this is a really fun movie, and everyone had fun making it, and I appreciate films like that. Yeah, the, the the level of fun, I think, comes through. Who knows if they actually felt like that, considering the budget, the time to release this movie was so... Uh, to shoot this movie was so tight. But it came out fun. I think that's all that matters. Uh, especially now in the annals of history. Uh, but let's get into the villains, because we got to talk about them. So, and I'll tell you... I'll let you tell them who they are, but I need to set it up first. So in the previous movies, we've had nothing but aliens, right? We had the Exilians, the Keelaks, and I don't remember what the Roaches are called because I don't think they've ever given yeah, a name. Yeah, they don't give they them a name. A planet. We just call them the Roach yeah. People. Yeah, the Roach People. So we've had three sets of aliens. And you would think, okay, we're going to keep this trend going. No, 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 no. So, Tyler, who are these people and where are they from? So these are the Cetopians. Um... Basically, they are subterranean beings and seductive clansmen who are really pissed about the atomic bomb test making a huge racket and all. So, yeah, their their whole plan is, uh, instead of, you know, delegating for peace between uh, the surface world and Seatopia, nah, they just send a giant fucking monster their way and uh, steal, their, uh, steal one of the robots that one of them happened to be making to lead it onward because it, does, it has the most terrible sense of direction ever. Yes, it does. Oh God, Megalon. Um, so yeah, and and like the and the uh, I'm assuming in the main actor who plays him, um, uh, Robert Dunham as Emperor Antonio, Emperor Antonio of Cetopia. He's never called Antonio in the movie, uh, but oh my God, um, yeah, that's some cheesy ass shit. That's some Flash Gordon cheesy ass shit especially when they cut down and they would occasionally cut back to it and you would see that like he looks like he's supposed to be zeus he has a toga on he has a white beard he looks um, like he's from a he fraternity yeah exactly and they has pretty and of course he has pretty women dancing for him to raise uh megalon to fight for him oh my god it's it's just you know what i'll say this as because they're not the Cetopians, at least at their core because the C, there are technically Cetopians. In the movie more often, but they're the agents there in suits. The Cetopians that are underground, they have way more personality, I think, than any other besides maybe the Keelax and maybe the Cockroach people. They definitely beat the Keelax for sure. Everything beats the Keelax. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I think they're up there with the uh, with the Exilians in all honesty. Yeah, I Just because of how goofy they look. Um, oh my god. It's, and it's just like, it's so dumb. But it's so awesome at the same time. Yeah, seductive uh, sperm dancers are definitely the way to go, it seems. Yeah, they reminded me of that scene in Doers My Car where they fi- they run into the cult and they're wearing the plastic. They look almost like that, um, but a lot better production. Like, uh, I don't like I don't know what they were thinking making this movie, but if the goal was to make it more kid-friendly or if the goal was to just make a fun movie. To me, I think any kid could enjoy this movie because it's just how stupid it is. Heck, I could, and I was a kid when I saw this in Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, it's not particularly violent, you know, definitely, it's missing the, well, there's there's blood, but it's not, like, as bad as some of the stuff that was in the last one. But overall, 
it's definitely a step improvement for the villains in all honesty. Oh yeah. Also, we forgot to mention that the Seatopians somehow know the cockroach people. Like they somehow yeah. have like an emergency contact for uh, M Space Hunter Nebula because they borrow Gigan uh, by the end of it. Yeah, which is odd considering some of them were. I, you would assume most of them were killed. Um, from the last movie, but I guess it's maybe it's a different sect. It's never explained. Um, but yeah, so just to jump ahead, they they have to summon because Megalon clearly can't take care of himself. Um, they have to summon Gigant. So if you like Gigant from the last movie, he's back again. So we'll talk about more of uh, of their shenanigans in the monster fight scene. Um, but I think overall, yeah, like. They just have fun with this. They just like, let's just do goofy shit. Let's just be insane. Let's be a Saturday morning cartoon. Because that's what this is. It's a Saturday morning cartoon come to life, in all honesty. Yeah, also major props to uh, the Seatopian that uh, hijacks the main computer that controls Jet Jaguar. Uh, Japanese Alan Rickman, as I like to call him. Oh, really? Why, uh, what's that? Why do you call him Japanese Alan Rickman? Uh, it's mostly the face. He kind of reminds me of him from the face and the hair. He kind of reminds me of Snape from the Harry Potter movies. I can see that. By the way, I love that anytime in these Godzilla movies, the only way to explain high tech is they just have like a wall of like like looks like metal and then just flashing lights to like advanced circuitry. I just love that. That's my favorite trope in these old science fiction movies. Uh, is just flashing lights, flashing. We gotta put flashing lights to make it look like it's been doing something. You gotta make it look like Star Trek. That's the big ticket there. See. Exactly. So let's 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 move on. I think overall, pretty not the strongest Godzilla movie, but definitely the most memorable one so far. Uh, let's move on into the titular monsters because even though Godzilla, of course, is returning and Meg and and Gigan's returning, we technically have two creations uh, coming back this time. So let's talk about the villain monster first, Megalon, uh, who is the titular monster in this movie. He's a bit of a bitch. Yeah, he is. Like, he, uh, from a design standpoint, though, I think he looks super cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, big menacing bug with drill arms is always a step up. Yeah, he con- he's constantly, like, slashing, like, ching, ching, con- and he does that constantly. Um, he has cool wings that doesn't really use that much. He has a big beetle, big ol' eyes, like, he looks like... I feel like this is the best translation from a quad, like, a bug to a bipedal monster that they've done yet. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Heracross Myths of a Pincer. A little bit, yeah. I could definitely see that for sure. Um, and and the good thing about... What, what's weird about him is that most of these monsters have... That we've seen have like one kind of roar. You know, like just... And maybe the, the pitch has changed slightly if they're in pain or something. But Megalon kind of goes all over the place. So like I was saying, he's kind of a little bitch... In that, like, when Jet Jaguar gets taken back from, under control from the Cetopians, he gets upset like a toddler, and he just, he just starts like, <laughs> like, just, just, just starts shrieking, I'm like, Jesus. Um, it's like and, he's Manila or something. Yeah, pretty much. Um, well, what if this is Manila, but, no, nah, it's not Manila. That's, it's not, and it's not a fan theory. Um, <laughs> Manila's, Manila's dead. As far as I'm concerned, Manila died. Uh, we never, we'll never see that thing again. Um, actually, I'm wrong. We will see it in 2004. Uh, but, and then there's a point where, like, it's actually laughing, uh, when, especially when they, uh, all four monsters are in the same scene together, or when they're picking, oh, when him and, and Gigan are picking on Jet Jaguar, 
Uh, it's it's literally cackling with evil with evil laughter. It's and it's a go- and I couldn't help but laugh. I'm like, why is this monster cackling like an evil science monster? What is going on here? Well, I mean, Gigan was cackling a lot. I'm pretty sure he just wanted to fit in. True, true. He probably saw like, oh, I'll just do that. <laughs> like you, he's it's and and even the subtitles. If you watch this on HBO Max, it's like evil laughter. It even <laughs> says that. Um, it's so it like. And it's a shame that Megalon doesn't really come back because I think he's a unique look. I think he's a unique, cool-looking monster. Yeah, he is. Uh, in fact, he's so cool that uh, they make him a starting character and destroy all monsters melee along with Gigan. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, like that's that's how you know a character has established. Was Shaq Jaguar in that game? I don't remember. No, uh, he wasn't in that one. Although he is in Save the Earth. Okay. Um, yeah. So. And he's. This is the only movie he's in, and they managed to put him in. I mean, who, like that's that's a that's amazing. Um, I just I just wish he wasn't so much of a bitch. But like, he, I mean, like he can he can like dig under he can dig underground, and they do that. Like they they um they play with his abilities a lot, and I and they show how variety. Like he he can go underground, he can fly in the sky. You know, he has these draw hands that he likes to go ching 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 with. Um, it's he's such a versatile monster. In all honesty. Yeah, he's really cool, and it's a darn shame that they don't use him too often. Yeah, again, we, we don't... I don't even think... I think this is the last time we see him, because maybe he's in Final Wars, but a lot of monsters are... Pretty much everyone's in Final Wars. Yeah. So, uh, it's hard to say. But, like, yeah, such a cool idea for a monster. Um, but, anything else to say about, about Megalon that we missed? Um, well, he does, uh, shoot bombs out of his, uh, two sets of mouths, and they reuse that shot a lot. Yeah, they, oh my god, I kept, and that's, that's the worst part watching a movie when you're tired, is then when you nod off a little bit, and then you wake up like, wait, did I just, what the fuck? No, 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 there's, okay, I'm good, I'm good. Wait, did I, no, 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 I'm good. Like, ugh, they, Toho's notorious for doing that shit, as we saw in the last movie with Guy Gan seeing the same shot of him getting hit by airplanes over, at least three or four times. Um... They do the same thing with Megalon too. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god. Um so let's talk about Jet Jaguar. Hell yeah! Jet Jaguar, baby. So, so obviously they wanted to use Ultraman. because uh, uh was Super Sentai a thing at this point, was it? I don't think it was. I'm pretty sure it might have been. Uh, Super Sentai okay. has been going on for a long time. True, but ultra, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you might know this title, Ultraman is the progenitor of all that kind of genre, right? The hero in the mask that gets very big, am I correct? I believe so, yeah. It sounds right. So, yeah, so let's just say, like, I, I, I'm assuming Ultraman is getting popular at this point, or has been popular, and their toe is like, hey, we need to get on that money. And they, basically, he's Jet Jaguar, because Jet Jet, if any of you don't know Ultraman... Uh, Ultraman is, uh, I don't, I'm not too familiar with the Japanese roots, but Netflix did a six special, six episode, uh, series on it. They're going to do it, supposed to do another season. I don't know when it's coming out. And it's basically a dude who's in a suit. So it's not the same as Jet Jaguar, who's just a robot, but the concept is very similar. It's a humanoid person who can grow, who's a superhero, looks like a superhero. I mean, if you, if you look, if you could put Jet Jaguar and Ultraman side by side, you see the similarities right there. Like, that's all I have to say. Though you would see one defining characteristic that would set them apart. The pointy head and the big dumb grin. Oh my god, yeah. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Jet Jaguar, in certain points, freaks me out with those teeth. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the whole point, though. Like, Jesus, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, J- uh, Ultraman kind of has like a static, you know, Iron Man s face, just to compare to our Amer- American listeners. But Jet Jaguar just has like kind of like a fin. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Todd did like a little evil, like a like, like a big. He's constantly pretty much like, hey, I'm here, let's fight. Um, and and Ultraman. Oh my god, Ult- uh, Ultraman. Jet Jaguar is both the most, the coolest and dumbest thing about about this movie. Oh, yes. Um, so, like, you see it, right? And it's, when you first see it is when they return home from the from their trip at the beach. Or at the lake, rather. And it's just standing there, and there's no explanation to it at all. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they, and then you find out that the Cetopians wanted to hack it. Which, by the way, the kid, it leads to my... When the when the kid when, and Roku uh, rides off on his little bike that he builds, um, I'm like that kid's gonna get kidnapped. Like I just could feel it, and of course he gets kidnapped um, by the Cetopians, and then re- only return home. So they still Jet Jaguar, and for most of the movie, Jet Jaguar is like our size, like he's humanoid size, um, and he basically is. Uh, he's basically a GPS he, uh, for Megalon. Yeah, there's like a signal that that uh, Jet Jaguar emits that allows Megalon to like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to follow this thing because it is beeping and I'm a bug and I I'm like going beeps. to hilariously jump that way. It's, oh my god, I I forgot to include that. Yeah, there's so much goofy, there's so many goofy suit animation stuff. It's hilarious, um, and and so, but then. Jet Jaguar, and it, I love this. So Goro, like, they, they've realized that Jet Jaguar is being used for this. And Goro's like, oh, I have to invent a, tra- a device that can take control of him. Uh, and it's pocket size in case the comp- home computer ever fell. But I have to see him to work. I'm like, oh, okay, that's, sure, sure, buddy. Okay, fine. Just just pulling it out of your ass. Um, and ultimately, Jet Jaguar comes back into the control. And and it seems, a me on Tyler... They pretty much imply that during the course of this uh, fight movie, Jet Jaguar gains sentience, doesn't he? Yeah, basically uh, by the end, uh, right before he goes off to fight Megalon, he somehow sparks a consciousness. They don't explain why or how, but he just does. He's like Ultron. Yeah, I mean, he's like Ultron. Like, all of a sudden, he's awakened. Yeah, pretty much. And... And so, like, and, and like, Gore, like, they're having a conversation where, like, oh, he must, he, like, he, I programmed him with one thing to survive, and uh, uh, Jet Jaguar basically goes to confront Megalon, even though he's like super tiny. And no, then before, for... no, before that, he okay, goes okay, to, okay. he goes to warn Godzilla that uh, Megalon is wrecking their shit, and he communicates yeah. by doing these ridiculous football ref poses, and go, oh yeah, and Godzilla yeah. somehow understands. It's like, yes, yeah, okay, oh, oh my god. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I got it. He's like growling, like, mm, yes, I see you. <laughs> yes, I will go fight this bitch. Okay, got it. Um, I, you, you got football noises. I got, like, the aircraft carriers, or, the, like, the people who, uh, the, the, with the traffic cones on the, on the tarmats. That's what I got. Yeah, pretty like, much. Like, he's, like, signaling him. I can see that. Like, oh, my God, like, like. It's a go to like he just knows how he just has a built-in GPS, obviously, uh, to know how to get to Monster Island. Um, but so yeah, and then he goes to, to confront Megalon, and again at this point, Jet Jaguar is our height, and I'm like, okay, this. If you've never seen this movie, I'm like, well, what the fuck's he gonna do? For no reason, movie doesn't explain. <coughs> excuse me, movie doesn't explain it. 
But he grows to the height of Megalon. It's the best shit ever. Actually, they do have kind of have an explanation in the Japanese version. Basically, okay. his determination made him grow. Oh, of course. Because he's a <laughs> robot, and a robot has to have determination. I I think in the American version, they pretty much just like, I programmed him to survive, which is way more boring than, uh, than saying he has, deter- he has determination. Um, and he pretty much fights like like a Super Sentai would at like super super tall. He does karate chops. He does poses. Oh god, the poses! <laughs> the um, poses are great. Yeah. So, and this is the last time we see Jet Jaguar. Uh, uh, yes and no. Uh, there is a TV miniseries that was going on around this time in the Showa era, where it was a bunch of Godzilla shorts, and uh, they basically use uh, Jet Jaguars as like uh, mechs for the humans to pilot. And from here, oh. they just make him, like, a sort of an offshoot joke character, like Dan from Street Fighter. Aw, oh, damn. That's kind of shitty. But he never appears in any official movies after this, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so we won't be covering any more Jet Jaguar. Um, but, like, he's such a... It's such a goofy design, but also cool at the same time. Would you believe that he was actually designed by a kindergarten student? Dude, looking at those color patterns, hell yeah, I could. Um, and the lines, like, yeah, that's definitely something a kindergartner would draw. And you know what? That's actually true. Really? That's neat. That's so cool. Yeah, um, apparently uh, a, a Godzilla fan from that time uh, entered a costume contest for that Toho was holding uh, for uh, for a new monster movie that they were making. And uh, Jet Jaguar won out, although they slightly altered it a bit. And, uh, I'd imagine. I'd imagine. And you know what? This was supposed to be Jet Jaguar's movie on his own. They just added Godzilla in just for marquee value. And you can kind of tell because Godzilla doesn't come in. Like he, they show him at the beginning when Monster Island's getting broken in half. Um, which, by the way, this is the last time we see Monster Island in the show era because um, we only have two movies left after this. Uh, which God, Tyler, we're near the end. Um, and uh, and and. Um, and Jet Jaguar is pretty much, like, the lead. And Godzilla doesn't come into, like, the last 30 minutes. Like, it's like 20, 20, 25, 20 minutes of the movie. He's basically Goku at this point. Pretty much, yeah. He just comes and, to um, fight, and he only shows up at the last possible second. Yeah, you're right. Even God, you're so right, especially with this movie. So, let's get in. So, like, we're not going to talk about Gaigan again because we were talking about Gaigan last week. And Godzilla, of course, he said, let's talk about the fight. Oh yeah, the fight, the fight to end all fights. So, it's a, it's a series of fights because it starts off with just Jet Jaguar versus Megalon one on one, and that fight's hilarious. He somehow makes the robot dizzy. Yeah, so like, there's a point where Jet, where um, Megalon is like flying on the on, like on like belly to the floor or to the ground. Just around him, and Jet Jaguar is just like, huh, 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 and makes him. I'm like, I didn't know a robot could get dizzy, but okay, I guess we're going with that. Uh, yeah, for this portion of the fight, Jet Jaguar actually does hold his own against Megalon pretty well. He even uh, yeah. counters his uh, digging tactics for a little bit. Yeah, so, and, and I thought this was really cool because when uh, Megalon goes into the ground, Jet Jaguar, like, his lights, like, turn, his eyes turn blue, and. They don't get extra, obviously, because, you know, it's the 70s. The technology and budget technology wasn't there yet. 
But like the light would, he would shine on the light, and he would know where Megalon was coming. Like that's neat. Like that's showing like a robot having advanced capabilities over, uh, uh, over against a, a dumb monster. Uh, and for the most part, Jet Jaguar is kicking his ass. Oh yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's more or less an even fight until Gaian shows up. Yeah, so, um, even before that, like, the, the Sitopians, like you said earlier, basically called, we're gonna need Gigan's help. Before any, before Godzilla showed up, before Jet Jaguar shows up, to call Gigan. We might need him, because our monster's kind of a bitch. Um, and, <laughs> Jet Jaguar, once Gigan shows up and gets a drop on Jet Jaguar, it's pretty much, alright, time to bully Jet Jaguar time. Oh my god. He gets his the ass p- kicked. Yeah, but the part when they start punting him... Back and forth. <laughs> oh my god. It is fucking hilarious. Just lifeless. Like, just probably just like the... the like, not even... The, obviously can't be the suit actor. But like, the suit. Just getting kicked around left and right. Oh my god. It's it's, it's a game. It's, it's a game of robot funny. soccer. Pretty much. And and then like... And then you have Gigan like... And then you have, you know, Megalon cackling, like, laughter. Like, they're just being bullying assholes. They could easily just end it, but nah, they're gonna fuck with him. <laughs> um, so, but still entertaining. And, and and there's a point, like, where where Jet Jaguar kind of can hold his own a bit against both of them. But unfortunately, you know, the uh, the, uh, the numbers game uh, overcomes Jet Jaguar. Yeah. Like, he wasn't built for combat, but uh, I'd say he does pretty well, despite the odds. Right, so of course, yeah, the, the here it's the moment. Heroes down. Here comes. They bring back that goofy ass theme from Hedera, which and Godzilla just comes in dancing in like a WWE superstar, pretty much. And like literally, this is the most humanoid Godzilla I've ever seen. He is doing like poses, like come on, like yeah, let's go, like. Literal like fight poses. It's so. It's I, I'm not gonna say wrong, but it's so hilarious. It's so bad, but I love it. Oh yeah, the the part that killed me the most was he was taking on both Gigan and Megalon at once, and he does like fucking Bruce Lee blocks and shit. Yes, I love that. So like, God, oh, he's in the middle. Gigan's on one side, Megalon's on one side. Gigan attacks, block, punch. Megalon attack block punch. Oh my god, he he. Oh, it's so it's so great, it's so fantastic. Um, oh my god, and then the meme happens towards the end of the fight. Okay, so be- before we get to that point, uh, we should talk about okay. how uh, both the both the monster teams are actually pretty good team ups. On uh, Godzilla and Jet Jaguar side, they actually work together pretty well. Yeah, they, they they have, like, you can tell, like, somehow Godzilla and Jet Jaguar are able to communicate each other on what they need to do, what they need to accomplish. And same thing goes for Gigan and, uh, and, and, and Megalon, in all honesty. Yeah, pretty much. Like, let's use our uh, hook and drill hands to try to slice them up. Yeah, let's cackle in unison. Hark, 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 hark. Yeah, it, it honestly, this is the closest I've, like, because the last, last one was a kind of a tag team match. With, you know, Ang- uh, um, Angiris and Godzilla versus Ghidorah and, uh... Gigan. And, uh, Gigan. 
But because Gigan and and Garrus didn't really do much in the fight, it kind of more felt like a one on one confrontation. Here, it because none of this is stock footage. At least in the fight, at least I don't think there was. Maybe There's there a bit was of stock Gigan footage stuff. from um, Godzilla versus Gigan where uh, Godzilla gets his uh, shoulder cut. Right, but that's so brief. Like, like there's not like reusing like same fight shots. Like that's a I, I can excuse that. You know, like okay, maybe we don't have the, we don't have time to shoot the blood sequence again. Here, just use that again. Um, I'm not gonna hold the movie that against the movie, but there's not like recreating like the whole fight like they did in with uh, the Ghidorah fight scenes in that movie. Yeah, uh, literally just reusing re- uh, uh, Ghidorah three headed monster. Um, but like it really feels like a tag team match where like you have both partners, both sets of teams, like working in unison with their partner and knowing what they need to do. It's really great. It's it's a really fun monster brawl. Yeah, uh, for guy for Godzilla and Jet Jaguar especially, there's a point where uh, Megalon shoots his uh, mouth bombs and uh, encircle both of them in a ring of fire, Johnny Cash style. Yeah, and uh, yeah. And Jet Jaguar uses his flight to drag him and Godzilla out of the Ring of Fire. It was so it was so cool. And by the end of the fight, uh, Jet Jaguar gets uh, Gigan in a full Nelson, and then throws him up, and Godzilla shoots him with his atomic breath, which makes him run away yeah, no. again. It's pretty, yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, all right, I'm done. Like he, he's like literally, he, he was literally, all right, boys. I'm out. I don't. I don't need this. I've already gotten my ass kicked by this li- this asshole twice. I don't. I don't want to die. And then we get to the meme moment. So Megalon is left by himself because Gigan's a bitch, and uh, Jet Jaguar pulls up Guy uh, Megalon, holds him up, kind of full Nelson style in a way too. And Godzilla is like, a, like who knows how many yards away at this point. All of a sudden, Godzilla does a piece on like. You know, there's like a there's like a little fist pump, and then you see the greatest thing ever. And we thought, I mean, the header scene, you know, flying with the atomic with the atomic breath is one thing. Have you ever seen Godzilla do a drop kick? <laughs> it's so good. So like, so for just and it's so bad, but so awesome. So Godzilla rears back, slides on his tail. And drop kicks the shit out of uh, out of Megalon. It's so like you've probably seen that moment, but I think it's even better when you watch it and serve it with the movie as a whole. Because it's just it's just a cherry on top for this for this entire movie. In all honesty, it's so great. Like every time I see it, I always burst out laughing. Yes, like, it's, it's so it's obviously bad because you could tell that they're just harnessing the suit. From wires from the top, and they're just sliding him in the frame. Yeah, Godzilla's armors are stiff. He's not moving. It's just like, uh, it's, it's so like, bad. I, I could recreate that effect with my Godzilla action figure with a bunch of fishing wire. Yeah, I got. I sort of got Godzilla versus Kong. Better have Godzilla try a dropkick. Although I think modern Godzilla is a bit too thick to do that. In all honesty, he could probably um, do it. I'm pretty sure he could defy gravity like this one does. Oh, In fact, this, this moment is so awesome that he does it twice. Yeah, he does it twice. It's so fucking. It's so good. Oh, like it, like if and, and they and it's it's right. It's just like the hetero one. I kept waiting for it because I've never seen this movie before. I kept waiting for it. I'm like, well, when's it gonna? Oh, there it is, and it's again. I love it. It's, oh my god! Oh my like, god! 
tit like that like again the whole fight is fantastic from the from starting with Megalon and Jet Jaguar to the tag team match between all four monsters. It's a true it's one of the best brawls they've done, like for sure. Yeah, this is a really fun fight. And funny. Yeah, it's oh god, the memes. Alright, I think I think we're gonna exhaust ourselves and we're getting close to our time limit. We should talk so, about uh, how Jet Jaguar has his own theme song. Yeah, he yeah. I'll let you go into that. Jet he because because he's like Ultraman. He has to have his own theme song. Yeah, basically, uh, by the end of the movie, Godzilla just pieces out. Uh, it's a job well done. Megalon is uh, back underground. The Sea Topians just kind of piece out and uh, just sort of. Uh, patch up all the holes that they made from uh, all the earthquakes and shit. And we never see them again, by the way. And uh, then Jet Jaguar grows uh, to his normal size. And uh, he sort of uh, disregards his humanity and becomes a lifeless robot once again. And the cherry on top is they walk from... uh, All three heroes and Jet Jaguar uh, walk down the canyon back home... And this goofy ass vocal track comes on, and it's the cherry on top. Oh my god, yeah, it's the perfect ending to this movie. Um, and don't normally you play the roar monster, the roars. I want you to see if you can find the uh, like that song and put it in there. I'll at least put in um, the jet jaga, jet jaga. Um, yeah, it's like that's how. Like if the Ultraman thing wasn't obvious. Then that right there is like okay, it's just, it's just trying to do Ultraman. Um, uh, Ultra Ultraman's cool. All right, I, I think I'm getting exhausted, Tyler, because just just laughing too much at, at this movie. Um, let's give it a star rating, Tyler. What do you give Godzilla vs Megalon? I'm giving this movie a four out of five. This is a very fun monster flick that doesn't take itself too seriously. The human characters are kind of bland. And the Seatopians aren't that much better. But the new monsters introduced, Megalon and Jet Jaguar, are really fascinating. The best part is at the end when the Bing Rubble happens, and it's a really great moment. Overall, it's a dumb movie that has fun with what it has, and I have fun watching it every time. Uh, I'm also going to side with Tyler. I give it a 4 out of 5. It's it's technically a bad movie. There's so many things wrong with it. But there's so much charm. And I couldn't stop smiling at certain aspects. And again, Jun Fukuda, credit to him, you know, didn't have the, 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 big, the, the greatest story in the world. But he made his, his the, both the Seatopians uh, uh, and the humans uh, feel like you know entertaining to watch when the monsters weren't on screen. Uh, whether it's car chase or a really stupid fight scene. Um... Um, or getting yeeted out of the side of a truck. Um, it, it, overall, a very, a very good movie. Uh, very fun. I'm, okay, not good movie, but a very fun movie to watch. Uh, God. Uh, so that's gonna do it for Godzilla vs. Megalon. And next week is the penultimate ch- uh, chapter to season one of Atomic Shot. Uh, as we're gonna go into my first Godzilla movie that I've ever seen. So my nostalgia boner is going to go high next week. Next week, it's doppelganger time, baby. It's Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Hell yeah. Tyler, where can the people find your stuff? You can follow me on Twitter at Hey, It's That Ty. I also stream stuff on occasion at twitch.tv backslash tireshoes1. 
right now my roommate and I are uh, playing through Chrono Trigger because he's never seen the game before, and uh, <gasps> we're having a good time with it. Oh, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. Uh, you know, that's one of the games I wish I could play through without remembering anything. Oh, it's so good. Um, and you can find me at twitter.com slash marvelousiggy for all things related to me, which includes YouTube content. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash iggy2814, where I stream every Sunday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time and sat- and Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, coming up, just to give a heads up, uh, starting soon will be... Uh, It'll probably I've already done it at least once already, but I'll be streaming Telltale's The Walking Dead because it's Halloween time, it's fall. I wanted to stream a spooky game and I wanted to stream a game I hadn't played before. Uh, so going on a field trip, gonna... baby. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm ready for it. So if you ever want to hear me cry, because I'm infamous for crying, uh, it's gonna happen probably on this on, on these streams. So Twitch.tv slash e two eight one four, and of course go to atom- uh, chartshot.com for all things related to Chartshot. Every Friday at eight p.m. Central Standard Time, nine p.m. Eastern, me, Justin, and Thomas talk about the week in video games and, and the games we've been playing. Uh, so be sure to tune into that. Uh, thank you everybody for uh, listening again as we can as we approach the conclusion of season one of Atomic Shot. It's been a fun ride, uh, but uh, it's not over. But you know, part we're ha- it's it's one part of the marathon done. But until next week, guys, go go Godzilla, Yata Jet Jaguar.